Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kid's best summer yet at St. Louis University. Second and ten. <laughs> Ken Darby's checked in. Bulger straight back. Airs it out. Left sideline looking for Torrey Holt. Got it. Touchdown, St. Louis Rams. Great. Wow, what a strike. 31 yards. Mark Bulger to Torrey Holt. Excellent. He drew double coverage but still came down with the football for the touchdown. Beautiful pass and a great catch by Torrey. I miss Rams football, but old Rams football, not that 2015 nonsense. Uh, Time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning, and we are joined today by wide receiver, standout, and Hall of Fame candidate, Tori Holt, is with us now on the Chris and Amy Show. Tori, good morning, and thank you for being with us today. Good morning, Chris and Amy, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me. What's up, St. Louis? I miss you guys. Well, St. Louis misses oh, you too we because miss uh, you. listen, oh. that that was the, those few years where you were here in St. Louis. Some of the most fun football years I can remember, even for a guy oh. who grew up a Bears fan. That was some really fun <laughs> stuff. And and Tori, I was sixteen, so I was old enough to appreciate it, but young enough to think that this is how football is. <laughs> Like, I was so spoiled, so spoiled at the Dome by you guys. That That is awesome. And look, I, I grew to be spoiled as well. I was thinking, you know, my first year, I was saying, you know what? This is going to be a heck of an NFL career if it's like this every year. Uh, but, no, it was, uh, it was a great, great start to my career. Um, so thankful and fortunate that I had an opportunity to play in front of our great fans there in St. Louis. You know, when I got drafted, folks with folks later came up and said to me, you know, we didn't really know where NC State was. We didn't really know much about you or who you were. And I was saying to them, I said to myself and I was saying to them, well, I kind of knew that. That's why I was like, that's why I was wanting to ball out the way that I did because I wanted to prove to you all that a kid from the South and North Carolina could come to the Midwest and play really good football. So, Fantastic time in the Midwest. Fantastic time with the Rams organization, and uh, again, love the fans there, and and I still appreciate the continued support. And you did it on a team that offensively was as fun to watch as any team that we have we have ever seen. I mean, I mean, um, you know, everybody knows the story: the, the injury to the quarterback, Kurt Warner takes over. It's you, and then you've got Oz Akeem, and just what, what a an unusual offensive uh, group of talent all together in one place. It, it, it really was. You know, when I first came there for, for our OTAs and our camps, and I'm saying, you know, I'm looking around, I'm seeing all this talent, and I couldn't understand why we were, why the team was so bad, you know, years prior when you looked at all the talent. But for that year, it was a special year. I mean, we had tremendous talent. Um, we had, I think the, the thing that kept us together uh, and what was so joyful was how much we enjoyed each other. Like it was a 
really close football team. And we're still close to this day. Like, we text and we see each other. Uh, we hang out with one another. I mean, we know each other's families. I mean, it was a close-knit group of guys that it really enjoyed celebrating each other's success. And I think that was what propelled us to become uh, world champions. I think that that attitude and then also Coach Vermeule's um, rugged way of getting us ready, pushing us and challenging us uh, physically and mentally. And when it got to the tough parts of games, uh, we knew that we were good there. And then more importantly, we knew we had each other's back and everybody didn't care who got the credit. It was all about winning ball games, winning a championship, and we were able to do that. You know, Tori, you get to be part of a Super Bowl, obviously, but then you also have those those moments during a regular season that happen, and, and every now and then a player gets to be in an iconic hmm. sports moment. And I, I mentioned Oz Akeem, and I think about that <laughs> quite a bit, the the play against the Broncos where yeah. – uh, he, you get away and the two of you are running down the sideline together and there isn't a defender in sight. It's just, it, yeah. it was just a, what an, what an awesome moment that was. You ever, do you ever think about the little moments like that randomly? Oh yeah. All, all the time, all the time. You know, again, and, and, and like I said, I, I still, we still talk Oz and I and Ricky and, and, and all the guys, we still conversate and, and, and occasionally, I should say occasionally, most often those memories come up. And that particular play, you know, it was zero twenty two. Um, I think they brought pressure. Kurt found Oz, and I just turned up to find somebody to block because that's what we were coached. And and I, so we all completed our blocks. And he and I, uh, Oz and I, are running down the sideline, and we were talking about where we were going to eat. And I said, "Hey, well, let's go to G and Tony's and grab something to eat after the game." You know, because you know, it, you know, it's, it's it's real easy right now what we're doing. No, we we were we were we were a fast, efficient, skilled football team. Um, again, that enjoyed playing the game, enjoyed playing with each other, and had a lot of fun. And that crowd that night, man, was incredible. The dome was rocking, which allowed us, which gave us a lot of energy, a lot of confidence. Uh, a lot of the, the the momentum that we needed to, you know, to to, to beat teams down inside of the dome. So it, that moment was just one of the plethora of moments that that happened inside of that dome. I think it's so easy to forget uh, for us. Like you were a rookie for the '99 yeah. Rams, a, a rookie. So from the moment that Trent Green gets injured in the preseason game to the run that you guys went on, do you feel like you were able to absorb what was happening, or were you focused on I'm a rookie in this league, I have to prove myself? I'm a rookie in this league, and I need to prove myself. <laughs> I had no idea what we were doing. No idea what we were doing. Had no idea of the history that we were making. You know, when you're young like that, it's just sometimes it's good not to know. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly where I was at. I was focused on going out and doing my job and doing it at a high level and, and really trying to gain the confidence and the trust of my teammates. That's what it was all about. You know, and back in those days, too, you know, rookies didn't talk a lot. You know, you, you, you talk when you was talk When someone said something to you, then you, then you opened up your mouth. But for the most part, you came in head down and you did your job. And you try to earn the respect of the veterans. So for me, that was that was most important. That was priority for me in practice and more importantly, out in game. So to answer your question, I was young, really didn't know what I was doing. But I, I will say this. 
we were having a good time. We had a really good time. And our practices, um, Chris and Amy, our practices were sometimes better than what we showed in the game. You know, because it was times in practice, and I said these stories several times, and I'll say it again. There was times in practices, guys, where the ball would not touch the ground. I mean, it was days. I'm talking about days where the ball would not touch the ground. That's how efficient we were. That's how we often got open. That's how good good we were as as pass catchers. Um, it was just it was some phenomenal practice tape out there um, and things that we were able to do in practice. And the competition really set us up to go out on Sundays and play the way that we played. Talking with former Rams receiver Torrey Holt, who is a candidate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We will find out in early February um, who is getting in. And, and Torrey, for you, this is the 10th year that you are eligible. And as you would expect, there are a lot of really good names on this list. Yeah. So I, how are you feeling 10 years in? I feel good, man. You know what? I, I'll say, Chris, you know, I've been riding this wave, man. It's, and it's certainly been that. I've been, I've been, I've, I've went through every uh, emotional, every, every, every emotion that you can possibly feel going through this process, I've dealt with it. But I tell you what, I've remained uh, steadfast on my faith. You know, my work is done. I had great teammates. Uh, we won Super Bowls, had a, played for a great city in St. Louis, played against some incredible competition, held my own. You know, I was drafted sixth overall. So there's expectations that came with that, being drafted sixth overall. And I think I was able to exceed, far exceed those expectations. Um, and now here I am, uh, a fifth-year finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer every single year. Last year was the first year that I was voted into the final ten. So I've gotten to the final 10, so now I need to go from 10 to 5. So you all's um, encouragement and sharing the word about what I did as a player, I greatly appreciate it. And hopefully one day I'll be able to uh, be able to grace the halls of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It'll be another uh, St. Louis Rams uh, that will be gracing the halls, man. But I am extremely thrilled, very humbled, because it's, it's it's hard to get to this point. You know, it's over 20-some thousand men that's played in our game, and there's 371 Pro Football Hall of Famers. There's 20, there's 28, I think, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receivers. So my fingers crossed that I'll be the 29th and I'll be, the, and I'll be one of the 370-plus, you know, going forward. So um, I've mapped this thing out. I've been around it long enough. I've, I've got all of the, the pertinent information, all the facts, uh, I have all those now. I'm just uh, I'm I'm patiently waiting to hear my name called as a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Well, and you've got the whole city behind you because, like I said, yes. just those iconic moments at the Dome. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go to so many of those games. Like I said, old enough to appreciate it, young enough not to realize just how special that was. And the Dome was so loud, and the plays were so spectacular. Uh, Again, when you were on the field, did you, were you ever able to feel the the vibration and the noise of tens of thousands of people cheering you guys on, or were you were you in the zone where you only noticed it after the game? Both, both, you know, both. You know, when I needed to lock in, certainly we locked in and handled our business. But at the same time, you can feel the crowd. 
you can hear the noise. You can see the yellow towels waving. Um, it, you can see the, all of the posters alongside of the 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 the, the, uh, the stands where people would put their posters out. I mean, it was again, it's one of the more electric places to play. It was it was, it was and it's also one of the hardest places to play for a number of years there in St. Louis. You know, there's a lot of folks didn't want to come there to to face us as a team, and they didn't want to come there and face that crowd. So I remember it all, man. I remember the rides down 70 going into the stadium. I mean, it was just, um, you know, all of those memories I remember, I certainly, certainly cherish. And again, we couldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to do what we were able to do uh, in that dome and to win championships if it wasn't for the fans there in St. Louis. So again, from the bottom of my heart, and and I've said this and I will continue to say it, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everyone there in St. Louis for pouring into us, pouring into our team, pouring into me, a young kid from Gibsonville, North Carolina, coming to St. Louis, the big city. Uh, coming there as a young man and leaving there as a full-grown man. Uh, and a lot of that had to do be, do with the way that the folks treated me and my family uh, there in St. Louis, but also how they cheered me on as a football player. You know, Tori, uh, anytime I've had a chance to talk to an offensive player in the league or you know, a former player in the league, look as they watch the game now, a lot of the it's I guess it's always historically been true that a lot of the rules cater to the offense. And we know yeah. that the right now they're trying to protect the quarterback a lot. And so therefore that helps the offense. Do you think it would be do you think playing in the league right now would be much different for you than, than oh, yeah. when you played twenty years? Crushing ago? the league right now. <laughs> I'd be crushing the league right now. <laughs> with, with, with the with the way the rules are now, and you're and now now they are allowing the players to penetrate defenses as easily as they are, as fast as these players are. Guys like Tyree Hill and others. Um, yeah, I'll be eating every single weekend uh, for sure. Uh, but you know what? You know the, the league changes, and as you mentioned, they're trying to the, the safety part has come in. They're trying to protect players. They're trying to protect the quarterbacks, and for the most part, they're doing a really good job job at it. But with but with today's rules. Um, yes, and my style of play and my ability to run routes, catch the football, run, uh, my my uh, how cerebral I was in terms of reading coverage and understanding what defense was trying to do to us as a as an offense. Yes, I would have a very successful career playing <laughs> in today's it. game for well, sure. Look, you had a Hall of Famer throwing to you. Is there a quarterback right now in the league that you would like to be throwing to you if you were playing? Matthew Stafford won. Um, you know, obviously, being Rams, um, who else? Uh, Lamar Jackson would love to catch some balls from 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 Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jordan Love, I really like the way Jordan Love spins the ball. He's a tremendous talent, young young talent. Uh, so those are some guys that that come to mind um, that I will enjoy uh, playing offensive football with because they understand um, the passing game. They understand hitting that back foot, letting it letting it rip. Throwing you open, throwing to spots. Uh, so those are some guys that 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 come to mind right off of the top of top of my head. Top notch quarterbacks in our league. You know, I feel like Justin Fields could use you. So if you want to come, <laughs> come if back, you wanna, if you want to you unretire and help him he's out, bitter. please. He's hey. a bitter Bears fan, Tori. Hey, 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 Chris. You know what I was saying though, and and, and, I, and I like Justin Fields. I've been I've been champion for Justin Fields all year long. I don't know where you feel how you feel about your Bears and Justin Fields, but I've been champion for him all year long. Think about this. He's got DJ Moore on one side, right? He's got Cole Clement, who's a fantastic tight end, I think. Can you imagine DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side? Dude, and, and, let's and go. Justin Fields, 
and Justin Fields having the options to throw to those two guys? Are you kidding me? Let's go. Um, Ohio State guys, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Thank you, Tori. You just made my day. You made my no, day. No, I figured, I, I figured you'd like that one. Yeah, by being on the show, you made my yeah. day, and then you just you just took it up to a, an eleven. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to fangirl, but this is so this is exciting. Great. And like, um, it, it, in my life, we have a ten year old who is absolutely obsessed with football. We're watching, you know, Tyreek Hill videos, and I said, "Oh man, you got to see Tory Holt in the Greatest Show on Turf." And we've been pulling up old videos from the Greatest Show on Turf, and it's been so much fun to relive that. So, future generations will always be talking about you and that team. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. You know, again, that was a special team with some special players. And Coach Martz was fantastic. His ability to come up with plays and concepts and formations and really challenging us uh, as players, our physical and our mental capacity. And, uh, and we had, the, uh, we had the, the mental and physical fortitude to comprehend and go out and to do it and do it at a really high level. And our fans there in St. Louis saw one of the greatest teams, one of some of the greatest offenses ever uh, ever played in the National Football League. We did it right there in St. Louis. So thankful and proud of that. And as offensive as the league is now to do that 20-plus years ago, mm. just just unbelievable. So much fun to watch. You and your team provided so many great memories for St. Louis. Um, your fifth year as a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know we think you deserve to be in, and so we wish you luck there. Wish you luck with the with the Holt Brothers Foundation as well. Continued luck there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being with us today, Tori. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. St. Louis, let's do this pro football Hall of Fame 2024. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Tori go. Holt, the best. Thank you. That was Tori Holt, a wide receiver for uh, your St. Louis Rams when they were St. Louis Rams and also a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. I, it's difficult mm-hmm. for a lot of these guys because, you know, you've already got a receiver in the Hall of Fame from that same team. And a lot of times that kind of takes away from him, but it absolutely should not. Uh. It, it should not take away from him. He was fantastic. What a I don't think people realize just how extraordinary that offense was. And I know there's no more NFL team in here any longer. But even if there was, they may never see that again. It was that special. It was so special. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. You've got KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh, man, Tory Holt is awesome. I would... Well, how would you uh, be in the league today, Tori, with all these uh, offensive rules catering toward uh, the offensive player? I would eat. He'd be awesome. He would be so good, man. Hey. I, I hope he makes it. And I, awesome. just to, I, I tweeted out the fact that he was um, on the show. And you can go back on the Odyssey app and listen to the interview with Hall of Fame candidate Tori Holt. Um, and a guy I know who's really great with numbers and statistics and he follows sports. He's he's unbelievable. And he said he said he's a he's a lock, if not this year, next year at the latest. So statistically speaking, he says that Tory Holt will get into the Hall of Fame 
within a year. And I, I hope so. Hopefully he doesn't have to so. wait past this year because he absolutely deserves it. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. <laughs> hey, it's uh, the Chris and Amy show it on. sure is. Isn't it? Are we having a time or are we having mm-hmm. a time today? We're having a time. Well, I think we really are. That was fun chatting with Tori Holt. I'm still fangirling. I'm not going to lie. It, it's Especially when you're watching a team, a sports team, athletes, when you're in your teens and you're obsessed with that sport, that team will always loom large in your life. Yep. Partly because of it, no question. it's that age. At that age, it's such a big deal. It's your whole world. So hopefully he gets in and we will find out February 8th. That's the important date. It is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line today. And we have spent, my gosh, I don't know how much time have we talked about uh, artificial intelligence. It feels like that is a, a pervasive topic that everybody is paying attention to. And we are, I specifically am, am curious about how it will affect the healthcare industry and how it is affecting it right now. To talk about that with us, lead benefits advisor for New City Insurance, Eric Calciano, is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. So we, I, I don't remember if it was you that we spoke to a, a while back about uh, telehealth and how uh, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence can ultimately affect that. As you, as you see it, let's just well let's start with artificial intelligence to begin with. How beneficial can it be to the healthcare industry, or are there any dangers that are associated with it? Well, I think it's got a lot of potential to be beneficial to the industry for insurance for helping people find their the plans that are going to best suit their needs. Insurance is highly complicated, and so the more that we can simplify that for people and and help them find their best options based on their needs without them having to be experts in something that really is quite complex, then that's great. Uh, but it is one of those things where if we talk about the dangers involved with it, with, with any, this is people's health on the line. So if the, uh, if the information is not a hundred percent accurate, it could cause some issues. So uh, it is important that these tools are sophisticated and accurate as well. Yeah, there's a story in Axios, and I think they, they put it correctly when they say that AI can, quote, make shopping for health insurance less terrible. Uh, <laughs> that would be exactly how I would, would put it. But like you said, it's a tool, but it's not a panacea because health is so personalized and so critical, and you need to have that human element still. Mm-hmm. As, as as of right now, definitely. And then the other thing is it's just so hard to – provide recommendations when when somebody purchases health insurance what they're really doing is predicting the future as best they can because it's more it's the, the question is how much am i going to use this what am i going to need it for and at the end of the day nobody really has that answer so we can only kind of make our best educated guess at it and, and then go from there we are talking with eric calciano from new city insurance and um artificial intelligence as it relates to people who are on uh, Medicare, for example, how can it benefit them ultimately? Well, we see so individuals on Medicare, on average, uh, on Medicare Advantage, have seen a doubling in the amount of plan options available to them in the last few years, and so it's about forty-three on average that people have available. Uh, and that's also comp- it, uh, if we're talking about uh, individual marketplace for younger individuals as well, just on the individual and family plan market, they have about a hundred different plan options. When we look at that. 
that's a that's a lot of different choices to be able to select from so much that it can give you paralysis of choice just too many choices to be able to really feel like you're making a good decision so when there's tools like ai tools where you can plug in and say here's my income here's my here are my prescriptions here are my health needs and here's the doctors that i want to make sure that i can see and for it to be able to then pump out top three recommended plans based on that that really helps simplify the process for those individuals. Yet I've used the ACA insurance marketplace before and they do have, and I mean, several years ago, decision support tools to help me pick uh, a health plan. Like you click, it gives you, you know, an option. Do you do this often or do you feel this often or how important is this to you? So how does AI differ from the already existing decision support tools. Yeah, exactly. The, these a, a more rudimentary version of these tools has existed for some time. And I think that most people, when they've used those tools, the, the ones that have been out for a number of years now, the general consensus is, well, they might be a little bit helpful, but they also seem a little simplistic and they maybe overlook some of my actual uh, more uh, complex healthcare needs. These, these newer AI tools are getting more complex, but there is still a ways to go. Right? It's not at the point where they're talking to a human expert that can really help have a conversation with them and, and guide them through their decision making process. Is it possible, because I, I'm thinking the same thing whenever I, you know, we have to do our elections, every, I guess they call it elections, right? When it's time mm-hmm. to uh, renew your, your health insurance through your employer, you know, I, I, even it's fairly simple, I think, but to me, it doesn't feel all that simple. It, it's like, do you want this? And I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know what's, mm-hmm. what's good for me. It, it, is, this, is this really the only way? Since there's no universal health care, is this really the only way to to really simplify the process for everybody to use artificial intelligence to do it? I think that it's it's one of the ways that we see potential. I I always am a fan of human to human interaction. So when you're electing with your your plan through your employer each year, there's usually a consultant that's attached to that plan, usually a broker or a consultant that helps manage that plan. And I always encourage employees to, to take advantage of that and to set up a time and talk to them when it comes time to make their healthcare decision for themselves and their families for the next year. Because as, as of right now, there isn't a substitute to be able to, to really just talk to somebody who does this day in and day out. Because you know, this is uh, for somebody like myself, this is my job for 40 plus hours a week. And even I think it's complicated, right? And so when it, when it's, when for you, it's just, that's the thing that you deal with once every year to renew. Uh, it's really nice to have that expertise lended to you. How much could a, these AI tools save like one of our listeners, like, you know, an average person who said, okay, I've used the same health plan year after year because I don't feel like changing it. How much could it save someone and would it be worth it to go through the hassle of picking a new plan well certainly you could you could certainly save quite a bit of money the the concern is with the it just depends on what's available to you in your market and it also depends on the trade-offs of those different different uh differences in costs so for example you might be able to shave a couple hundred dollars off of your premium and still if you're on a silver level plan stay on a silver level plan and that would be 2400 over the course of the year that's not a small amount of money but at the same time when you're making that decision what 
what are you what are you trading off? Are you, did you lose a doctor in there that you wanted to keep? Uh, so that's where it gets really uh, it gets more complex. So it's, certainly there's options to reduce costs, but that also um, can come with uh, with other costs elsewhere that are non monetary. Uh, last month, there early last month, about a, in fact, almost almost exactly four weeks ago, there was a story about a thing called a care pod. And it is an artificial intelligence. Uh, it's just a room. And they are trying these out in three separate locations in California, Arizona, and one at the uh, the Willis Tower, which is the Sears Tower in Chicago. And it's it's an artificial intelligence doctor. And you go into this room, and it can do things like draw blood, but there's no, there's no person in there. You're dealing with artificial intelligence. Um, what do you think of something like that? Is that really the future? You know, when it, when it comes to the the healthcare side itself, because my my focus is really on as a uh, insurance consultant, insurance broker, my focus is on the insurance side. Sure. When it comes to how we're actually going to be implementing the as a healthcare provider and how they're going to provide in the future, I don't have that answer. But I do foresee technology is always going to be. Uh, moving forward. And it seems that this is one of the ways that it could be done. And uh, we're always looking for ways to be more efficient with the the healthcare is expensive. So if we can make it less costly and still provide the same level of care, then I think that people are going to gravitate towards that. And also just uh, to clarify, since we've been talking about the potential for AI, uh, is AI being used in the way that we've been talking about to simplify picking insurance plans and where is it being used this way? I'm assuming it's not in the ACA marketplace yet. So there are some tools that have been released by private companies to work in the on the ACA marketplace. So there's a company called uh, The Big Plan, which launched recently, which basically will collect some factors like uh, income, prescriptions, preferred doctors, and and utilize that information to provide uh, recommendations for plans. So it's not the ACA marketplace itself, but there are private companies that work to to, to fill in that, uh, that demand. Eric Calciano, lead benefits advisor for New City Insurance. We appreciate your time today and the information. Thank you for talking with us. Thank you. Have a good day. That is Eric Calciano. Um, yeah, that uh, the care pod thing that mm-hmm. I just mentioned I said it can draw blood. And so, so again, if you missed what I was saying about it, it's this tiny room and there's no doctor. There's a, a screen for you to interact with and it can draw blood. And what it, there's a, there's this like vacuum mm-hmm. that attaches to your arm and they say it's similar to a leech attaching itself to your outer skin. There's no needle. You know, you should never sell and something it, as saying it's similar to a leech. Well, <laughs> so the, the, they say it's uh, like a leech or a hickey. What about oh. a hickey? Well, hickeys shouldn't draw blood. Well, so it's a capillary blood draw. So slowly the tube will fill up with blood, uh, just Are you sucking d- it out of your skin. Do this for the show? Absolutely not. Well, it's it sad to see you're not the committed. Sears Tower. Willis Tower, sorry. The Willis Tower. So you mm-hmm. could get a great like tourist uh, picture at, at the top of the Sears Tower and have a capillary blood draw? Yep. Nice. Yeah. I don't... Look, I'm all for technology, 
And I know that 15 years down the line, 20 years from now, maybe yeah. I will be more open to this. But yeah. right now, mm. if I'm going to the doctor, I can't imagine going into one of these care pods. No. No, I could not. It would remind me of idiocracy when he goes to the hospital and it's just pictures of like a stick figure grabbing their elbow or their leg and then you push one. <laughs> that's that's what it was. That's amazing. A care pod. Okay. Woof. All right. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. Um, we do have the Billy Joel and Sting tickets to give away before the show is over. Want to remind you about an evening with Ali Marmol, the Cardinals manager at Tapawingo Golf Club, January 18th. And what you get is a conversation with Ollie, a Q&A with him and Tom Ackerman. You can ask questions for yourself. You got dinner provided, a couple of drinks provided for you, and it's a good night of entertainment and Cardinals discussion. If you are interested, 75 bucks a person, which is, that's a really great deal. You get the dinner, you get the, the whole experience with the Cardinals manager, and tickets are going. Uh, we've been told that they are selling quickly, so you need to get on it, KMOX.com slash events, an evening with Ali Marmol. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Did you see the story, Amy, about uh, SLU basketball yeah. coach Travis Ford and the possibility, or um, I don't know, I guess we call it the likelihood or whatever you want to, that um, his son mm-hmm. has uh, created a burner account or potentially multiple, multiple burner accounts? Yeah, to, I saw it in Barstool Sports. Yeah, so yeah. he's coming to the defense of his father because you've got, which, by the way, it kind of, um, hey, I love SLU basketball. I was not aware that there were was a community <laughs> of SLU basketball fans that were angry and online. I didn't know that existed. I did I, not either. I did not. But I guess you got to, this is a, this is the internet. There's a forum for everybody to there, get mad. <laughs> there really is. That's what they tell you yeah. when you're, um, if you want to start a YouTube channel, they say whatever you're into, just even if it's the most niche thing mm-hmm. possible, start it because there's an audience for you. Right. Because you're not that special or unique. Yeah. So there is. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. I actually have said that before. I've said that in class. Once my students know who I am and trust me, I do say you're not that special, meaning you're going to have to work hard because there are a lot of other people who are smarter than you and working uh-huh. harder than you. There That's just right. are. Yeah, always. So you got. I think we need to tell people they're not that special. Work hard. So let's let's hear some comments from uh, the coach, Travis Ford himself, on Sports Open Line last night. We've talked about that as a family on many occasions and things like that. And it's very easy for me, for me to ignore it. I, I pay no attention to it. Unfortunately, I have people that tell me about it sometimes. Friends that call, or people I've, people back in my home, back in my town, and people back would call me, and they get all riled up, and I have to calm them down. Like, no, 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 it's no, okay, it's, it's okay. okay. I don't care. Well, we care. We'll take care. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and where they get upset is when it becomes personal, and that's right. where I and they start telling me I'm like, yeah, you know, you, there's a line, I think, but my, you know, my son feels terrible. So that's Travis Ford addressing it, and and he was. Um, well, we got to hear this story too of him finding out, yeah, that this was actually going on. Our sports administrator, after Brian Gunderman comes over and says, "Hey, we got an issue, or we got something going on here." I'm like, what's happening? And so he quickly explains it to me as we're walking to my car, <laughs> and then I look down at my phone, and my phone's been blown up by my my wife and a whole lot of other people that I've got to calm down. Um, 
and uh, I find out what's going on. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, social media is a whole other issue we could sit here and talk about for 10 days. And I've never been a, a you know, I don't quite understand it all. I, I use it as a, uh, and I've got other people that help me, but as a positive uh, source. I've never yep. understood the negativity and thing behind, but I get it. Um, but I guess, you know, uh, as you mentioned, I, I think my son must have had a, an account that uh, obviously I did not know about. So, um, yeah, he had a burner account. He was sticking up for his dad. Uh, that was on the uh, SLU basketball mm-hmm. coaches show, by I, the way. And I think he's, his son is 22, and there were multiple allegedly burner accounts. So one, Joel R. Hall tweeted, Paying Ford $2.4 million is foolish, but most of the rest of the A-10 can't even afford a half a million dollar coach. And then one of the burner accounts, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, said, oh boy, you got a lot to learn. Or admit you don't know anything about basketball. Uh, those were kind of the responses that the burners were giving, at least that we saw. I think it's amazing that people can find out you have a burner. <laughs> And apparently it's really easy. It's really easy, easy to find yeah. out if that's a, a burner account. Another one of the DMs that uh, his son allegedly sent was, can we agree on one thing and one thing only? You do not know blank about basketball. And that hey, was from somebody, you know, calling out. Coming to dad's defense. I get it. Uh, here's what I would say, though. Um, it's, I don't know if it's better or worse, but I I remember Ozzie Guillen. Mm-hmm who was a, a baseball manager, his kid was not even using a burner, but was defending his dad publicly and loudly, and it was bad. He had yeah. to tell him to knock it off. So this is not that. At least this didn't grow to that kind of like level. Giselle Bunchen. Did she do that? Yeah. I think she said there were, there were no receivers who could catch a ball on the Patriots. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Amy Marks, Kors, and Chris Ranji on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 